Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, this is Sunday morning, the 17th. And um, last week we finished talking about what it looks like to be born again. This week, which actually we were sort of in the ditch last week, but it was fun. It was a good ditch to be in. And um, yeah, bird walk sounds a little better, doesn't it? We weren't exactly in the ditch, we were just bird walking. And um, so anyway, yeah, so that, but it was a good bird walk, so we'll take that anytime. Um, and then um, this week we want to start talking about another term, redeem, redemption, and what that is. Um, it, it goes hand in hand with being born again, but you and I have to actually participate in that new birth experience. We have to be open. We have to believe what Jesus did for us on the cross, that it's completed, that he rose from the dead. You have to believe that he rose from the dead or else, you know, it's all in vain anyway. You believe that he rose from the dead and then you, do, you proclaim him the Lord of your life. You have to invite him in. You have to bow your knee like, like um, Paul says in Romans, to whom you bow your knee... That becomes your master, and you become the servant. And um, we've been we've served um, like um, Ephesians. Paul says in Ephesians, the prince of the power of the air. We've served that demon of disobedience for too long. So when you bow your knee to Jesus, His Spirit comes into you, and then we become one. It's not like, um, I mean, you know, we, we literally are in him and he's in us. Our old life has been obliterated. It doesn't exist anymore. You and I are in Christ Jesus, so our lifeline is his lifeline. We were crucified with him. We were raised with him. Everything in his lifeline, we're a part of it. Okay, so when he's seated at the right hand of the Father, we are seated in heavenly places together with him. And... Um, we have a new position. And along with that, um, redemption becomes a reality for us personally. But redemption was in the world before God ever said, light be. As soon as the Lamb was slain from the foundations of the world, that's in First Peter, um, Jesus was slain before God said, light be. In the spirit realm, it was done. Um, But he was manifested in these last times um, for us to see it in the flesh. But in the spirit it was done because in the spirit realm we're outside of the time-space continuum. Everything is present tense with God. Always present tense. He doesn't have past, present, and future. We do, but he doesn't. He just is. So Jesus was crucified in God before the foundations of the world. Um, In Romans um, 16, it says that he is the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. And um, in 1 Peter, it says he was slain from the foundations of the world, but manifested in these last times for us. So, um, 
that is where a d- redemption came about. Um, it has been available since the beginning of time. Um, I think this is where we stopped last week was after Genesis 48:16, when even Jacob speaks about the redeeming angel in his life. Jesus, who is the redeeming angel. And um, he speaks about him, his life being redeemed over and over again. Even ornery Jacob was redeemed again and again, you know. Um, so why do we need redemption? Redemption means you have to, you're paying for something to get it back. That's what it means when you redeem something. Um, and um, so why do we have to have a ransom or pay for redemption? Two things. The first one, we're not going to repeat it, but the first is Romans 6.16, which I just said to you. To whoever you bow your knee becomes your master and you become the slave, right? So Adam bowed his knee immediately to Satan. He had the choice. He was standing there in the garden. He knew not to eat of the, of the fruit. God said, don't eat the fruit. Satan said, well, go ahead and eat it. Whoever he bowed his knee to, whoever he obeyed, became his master. And we became the slave. Well, because all of his seed for all the future generations, including us, was in his loins, we all fell. All all things made out of dirt fell. God said that to Adam. He said, you know, because you were made of dirt and the dirt you will return... All of the earth, everything made of dirt is under this curse because of that. So in other words, we all fell. And in Ephesians 1 and 2 it says, Every one of us who are born are born dead in our sins and our trespasses. Following after the prince of the power of the air, or as it says in the Amplified, the demon of disobedience. So that's where we're all born as a slave to Satan. And you know what? We always, at least, and I was telling my guys in jail this the other day. You think that if, you, if you're not a Christian, you're your own boss. You're getting to choose what you want. But you are never your own boss. From the day you're born, you're not your own boss. You're either a slave to Satan and evil or you're a, a, a servant of the living God. But you, you don't get to choose that. You think you do, but you don't. The minute you're born, you're under Satan's influence. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. We're all born dead in our trespasses. So, um, you know, I said, so you're all, you already got a master. How you like the one you got so far? Look at where you are, you know. How do you like that one? There's a better alternative. But, you know. For people who whose lives are just one just fine no problems because I was there mm. you know? and and if you're serving you're serving one of the one of the, one of the two, that's right. right that's right you know and I wasn't serving God I wasn't serving Jesus no I was there just you go going along that's right as yeah and it was fine and it yeah. was good so but, why is Satan let's how's that happen he wants you to think that way. He he wants to keep you from understanding. I don't need God. That's I need, right. I don't need him. That's right. I'm comfortable where I am. But you're a good person going to hell. That's exactly where we all that's started. That's where I was. Yeah, that's where we all started. We're good people going to hell. And um, until you get... This is your lifeline. 
Until you get out of your lifeline, wherever you meet Jesus Christ, you have a chance to step out of your lifeline. That's where it's going. And if you if you step out of that and step into Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, then your whole life is obliterated. And it doesn't have any sway over you anymore. Your past is gone. Old things are passed away. All things are new. Yeah, I've got an extra here. i got an extra. I forgot all about them. This is a picture of it. It's a good illustration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best one I've ever drawn. Yeah. The best one you've ever drawn. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's the easiest explanation I've ever come up with. It's the best way to do it. I don't know what I'm saying. Forget it. Um, so what it's saying if you look at it. I, I see what it is. Yeah. There. See, there, there's. if I turn that this way, that was my life before. Well, if you look at the slanted line, look, look at the, the look at the, the slanted line. Hmm? The slanted line is your life. Right. But previously, if if I just moved that paper like that, that wasn't that line is not slanted. And you yeah. think, man, there's nothing wrong. And you think there's you're going you think you're fine. There's nothing right. wrong with the neighbor. I got you. There's nothing wrong with you know, these are good people. Right. That's the way I thought. Yeah. And that's the way all of us did. Until we hit the wall at 500 miles an hour. Then you go, well, maybe I need something a little better, you know. But, um, yeah, we're all comfortable with that. And then we don't really see a need for anything else. We're fine with it. We're fine with it. And um, until you're hungry, there's no need to even, you know, you plant the seeds, you sow the seeds, but there's no need to try to, you know, convince somebody. What happens to people? Now, I ran into the wall. Yeah. Okay. So did, I, I so run right smack down sure. into the wall at 100 yep. miles an hour. There you go. And that's why I'm in this building. There that's you go. I'm in this room. I think that's, that's most I everybody's have, testimony. Yeah. I have a different purpose in my life. Right. Now, are there people that are running that line? Yeah. And nothing ever happens to them. Right. No, they never run into the wall. Right. Right. Jesus says this. Jesus said, those people. Who think they're fine, everything's good, they never run into the wall, even though they've heard the word, you know. He says, they're going to come before me, and they're going to go, Lord, Lord. And he's going to say, depart from me, because I never knew you. And they're going to go, but wait, we did all these great things. We, we did miracles, we preached, we taught, we did all these things in your name. And he's going to go, I never knew you. And then they're gone. There are going to be a lot of surprise people. A lot of surprised people at the end of time, and they're sitting in churches. And that's, he was speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You think you're going to make it because you did all these great things in my name, but if I never knew you, and that word know is like intimate knowing. You know, I, I never knew you. You know, you might have had, had knowledge of me, but I never knew you intimately. So not everybody gets the opportunity of nope. getting hit right between the eyes saying, okay, here is your chance. Right. Except, Here's your chance right yeah. now. Which way yeah. are you going to go with right. it? There's a lot of people probably never really get hit that hard to where they have to stop and say... Yep. But, but God never stops wooing. There's always going to be somebody that crosses their path with a word. There's always going to be somebody out there that's speaking the word of God, and they're going to hear it. And there's that conviction. Yeah. And there's a knowing in every human being. Romans one, every human being knows there's a God. Everybody. We're all without excuse. It's just we turn things that we understand materially into a God, 
as opposed to searching after the true God. Well, but that, everybody's without excuse. Yeah. I think, though, too, what, what we come and we need to... The pulpit is really important because people come to church and they go home and really not much not much is stirred. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's in a lot of churches. Yeah. And we need the spirit here. We need the spirit. You have the other extreme of people that hit the wall, but they don't choose God. Yeah, they, they just keep hitting the wall. Sure. Yeah. And they just keep hitting that wall and they get more bitter. And they hit the wall and they get more mm-hmm. bitter. And they, yeah. You know, and I see that a lot as yeah. well. You do. try to point them to God. Yeah, you do. That's it. But there are a lot of people that... But until people are ready, you know, until they look up, until they have an open heart, all you can do is just keep planting seed. You know, but you can't, you can't make them, but God can't make them. None of us can. God has no control over humanity. We do what we want to do because He allowed us to do it. We'll go to Luke chapter 4 real quick and let me just show you where, where we are now. Well, where we were before Jesus went to the cross. Luke chapter 4. So we can talk about um, redemption here. You have to have lost something to be able to redeem something. Okay? You can't redeem something that's not lost or that's out of your control. If you control it, you don't need to redeem it. So whatever you've lost, that's what you redeem. Now think back to Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And God says, all things in the earth are under your control. In other words, I'm giving you rule and reign over the earth. Everything in the earth belongs to you. Everything. And um, um, from there, you have to determine how you're going to handle things. Uh, it's down there by, by Bridget. <clears throat> you always hunt us down, don't you, Carolus? There you go. Thank you, Carolus. <laughs> we are overachievers here, Carolus. Yes, we are. So, um, look at Luke 4, because this is what we lost. When Adam bowed his knee, he lost everything. Everything went over into the hands of his new master. Look at verse, look at, um, start with verse 4. Jesus has just been in the desert 40 days. Satan shows up to tempt him. And they have this conversation. Um, I'm sorry, look at verse 5. And the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this power I will give you, and the glory of them, for this is delivered unto me, and to whomever I will give it. Satan delivered all the kingdoms of the earth, everything in the world, all the power, all the authority into Satan's hands. When Adam bowed his knee and chose to follow Satan, we lost everything. The glorious covering that we had. God gave the reign of everything on the earth to Adam. Yes. And when Adam sinned, then that responsibility, power, whatever, went to Satan. Yes. He usurped it because Adam, who had been in authority in the earth, bowed his knee, and so he becomes the slave. Satan usurped that authority. And um, that had been his plan all along from the very beginning. He said, I'm going to raise my throne up. I'm going to be like the Most High God. 
I'm going to do those things. That's in Isaiah and Ezekiel. So he he couldn't God threw him out of heaven for that. So where's the next kingdom? Earth. And he came and he found a man that would bow his knee. Adam. And when Adam bowed his knee, Satan got his kingdom. He said, all these kingdoms of the world are mine. Because they were delivered to me. Put in my hands by Adam. Yep, by Adam. So, all of mankind up until Jesus' death on the cross lived under the curse. The only way that the blessing could flow to men was through faith. Like, Like Noah's faith like Abraham's faith, that simple faith that would draw the blessing from God. That's the way it came to us. But but nobody but Satan was in charge here. Even Jesus in, in John says, the, the uh, prince of the power of the air comes, but he doesn't have anything in me. He recognized him. He didn't argue with him here in Luke. And he called him that when... Um, uh, you know, when he was speaking to his disciples, he said, you know, the prince of this world comes, but he doesn't have anything in me. And he was talking about Satan. So Jesus didn't argue that. That was a fact. Everything here belonged to Satan. So we lost our glory covering. We lost our intimate relationship with the living God. We lost our righteousness with God. We lost our power and authority in the earth. We lost everything. Everything. And the only way God could get to us is through covenants and through faith. You know, the faith of men. Um, Because that's the substance that God operates with anyways, faith. It's a measurable substance in the spirit realm. So that's what he did. But in order to understand redemption, um, it was, the picture of it was given in the law. Everything in the law was like a school teacher pointing the way to Jesus, um, teaching the people all along the way about what a Messiah would look like, how how everything in the kingdom worked. That's what that's what the law was about. Um, Paul says it was our schoolmaster until Jesus came. You know, and now we, we don't need a schoolmaster anymore because we have the answer to all the things that we were learning. So, um, the law then was a shadow and a type of everything. Um, Look at Colossians 1. Okay, and let's just start reading it. Verse 9. This was the plan all along. Um, but Jesus needed a human body in order to, to finish the payment of everything. Because he had to deal with the dirt. He had to deal with our soil. Um, spiritually, he had already taken care of things. So we did have access to God through faith. Abraham, Noah, but materially as far as the curse and the earth and all that was not taken care of. 
And this flesh was so defiled and corrupted that we could not have an intimate personal relationship with God. There was no way we could. So Jesus had to deal with the flesh in us. He had to pay that price in the flesh, which was death. Okay? Because what did God say? He says, if you eat of this, you're going to die. So the only price that can redeem the loss is death. That's the price, okay? And God doesn't hedge his bets. He just says it like it is, and then that's the way it is. He doesn't waver. He doesn't change his mind. This is it, okay? All right, look at verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord on all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all the patience and long suffering and joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. So we were delivered out of darkness, translated into the kingdom of God. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they're thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Consist literally means held together. By, th- by him all things are literally held together. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have preeminence. So he is the firstborn intimating that there are more of us, right? Coming behind. Okay, we have to go back to the Old Testament in order to understand this redemption. <clears throat> two words you need, two Hebrew words here. Um, one is Shemitah. Shemitah is a seven-year period, um, a, a time frame. And um, agriculturally, if you look at what God did, in the first six days, he created everything and he rested the seventh day. Well, the seventh day counts. You know, it's not like you just quit on the sixth day and then whatever. No, the seventh day was specific, a day of rest. So, so the earth is created to run in seven-year cycles. Even our human body is recreated every seven years. We get a whole new body. It's just gravity and the curse keep taking it downhill. But um, everything runs in seven-year cycles, okay? And um, so the Shemitah is this. It's the seventh year. So like in agriculturally speaking, you would till your soil and harvest for six years. Then you would live off of the bounty of the first six years and give your land complete rest. You didn't even harvest the volunteers. Whatever came up, you didn't even harvest that. You let it go for a whole year. Everything rested. Okay? And then the next is the Jubilee. And the Jubilee is seven Shemitahs. So everything's in sevens. Seven seven-year cycles. Okay? 49 years. 49 years. The 50th year is a Shemitah. I mean, is a Jubilee. 
And um, the Jubilee year was the year when everything was restored to its original state. The Jubilee year, um, so that seventh Shemitah, you actually would have two years when, the, when nothing was toiled, nothing was harvested. It was a two-year period there when it was Jubilee year. Now this is what would happen in Jubilee. Um, of course, there was no more agricultural activity, nothing. But also, all debts are forgiven. Every bit of land that had been sold returns to its original owner. Anybody who had sold himself into indentured slavery or his family were set free. Everybody was restored to their original state. That's the Jubilee. Um, and what would happen is this. They lived... They did all their planning um, within that 50-year period. So say you had a piece of ground that you weren't using, but you could make a little money and sell it. Okay. Now, remember, you're in the promised land. Everything is owned by tribes, but everybody has their own individual inheritance in the tribe. Okay. So you want to sell off some of your land, or somebody needs extra land and wants to buy your land. Or maybe you get into hard times and you have to sell your land to, just to make ends meet. The price of the land would be calculated on the number of years left before the Jubilee. So like if you needed to sell your land the, the first year after Jubilee, then it would be very expensive. Because whoever bought it would get 50 years use out of it. Or whoever um, you know, went into slavery, they'd get 50 years of your, your bond servant. Okay? But if you um, did really well till like five years before Jubilee, then the land would be cheaper because the guy would only get five years of use out of it instead of 50. So he'd pay less for it. So everything was figured, calculated like that. So it wasn't like somebody would run up a $100,000 debt and then it would just instantly be canceled. Every debt was calculated by the Jubilee. So that everything came out even in the end. Nobody owed anybody anything, but then the land would return to its original rightful owners. And those who had sold themselves into bond servicey would then return home. Okay? Now, suppose you got yourself into a fix where your whole family was in, um, you'd sold yourselves into bond servicing, okay? Um, and you're looking at a 50 year period of time or a 40 year period of time. It seems like there's no hope. You know, how can you, you can't afford to buy yourself out of it. So the only way that it, you can get back what you've lost is. And if you can't do it, is to find a kinsman redeemer. Okay? Go to Leviticus chapter 25. Twenty-five? Uh-huh. <clears throat> and God lays the whole thing out here. No, I know what she's talking about. I read this. Leviticus 25. Start with verse 1. 
And he lays this out. And then we're going to skip over and read verse 48 and 49. But look at verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyards, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord, and you shall neither sow your field nor prune your vines. And that which grows of its own accord of your harvest you will not reap, neither gather grapes of your vines undressed, for it is a year of rest to the land. And the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you, for you and for your servant and for your maid and for your hired servant and for your stranger that sojourns with you and for your cattle and the beasts that are in the land shall all the increase thereof be meat. And you will number seven Sabbaths of years unto you, seven times seven years. And the space of the seven Sabbath years shall be unto you forty-nine years. Then you shall cause the trumpet of Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. And in the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And you shall hollow the fiftieth year and claim, proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be a jubilee to you, and you shall return every man unto his possessions, and you shall return every man unto his family. A jubilee shall that fiftieth year be unto you, and you will not sow nor reap that which which grows of itself in it, or gather grapes in it of your vine undressed. For it is the jubilee, and it shall be unto you holy. You shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the year of this jubilee you shall return every man to his possession. And if you sell aught to your neighbor or buy aught of your neighbor's hand, you shall not oppress one another. According to the number of years after the jubilee you shall buy of your neighbor, and according to the number of years the fruits he shall sell unto you. According to the multitude of years you shall increase the price thereof, and according to the fewness of the years you shall diminish the price of it. For according to the number of years of the fruits doth he sell it unto you. So that's those were the outlines for that 50-year period. Okay? But if you need, you know, if there's a, a, a situation where you're going to be in slavery, you and your family, for... Um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Love you. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Um, <clears throat> well, look at there. Good morning. We'll just go for another ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, none of us are in a hurry. <clears throat> so we'll do ten more minutes here. So if that's the case, then you go over to verse um, 48. <clears throat> So suppose you're sold into slavery and you can't do anything to redeem yourself or your property or anything else. You're just stuck. This is what can happen. Verse 48. After that he is sold, he may be redeemed again. One of his brethren may redeem him. Either his uncle or his uncle's son may redeem him or any that is nigh of kin unto him of his family may redeem him. If he be able, he may redeem himself. Okay, So anytime during that 50 year period, either a relative can redeem back what you've lost or maybe you, you get lucky and you can redeem it yourself. But um, it has to be redeemed if you, if you go beyond that, um, that 
uh, it has to be redeemed if you want it before the 50-year period is up. Okay? So this is it for us. God created the world in seven days. Alright? And um, that uh, in prophecy or in the paradigm of the Old Testament, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. So the earth was given to Adam, mankind, for 7,000 years. The, the seventh millennium is when Jesus reigns. That's when the earth is going to be at rest, which is what it's supposed to be. Okay, But until then, we, Adam, sold us into slavery to the prince of the power of the air. We lost everything. Jesus is the only one who could redeem us. First of all, it requires somebody who who is related. You have to be in the same tribe. Okay? So, um, it has to be somebody related to us. Well, if you look in Luke, you find Mary's genealogy and it goes all the way back to Adam. And if you could follow our genealogy, it goes all the way back to Adam. So, Jesus being the second Adam, we're all related anyway. Even if you're not in Christ Jesus, we're all related all the way back to Adam. Every human flesh person is related to Adam. So, um, yeah, Jesus, uh, Joseph's genealogy is in Matthew, but Mary's genealogy is in, and it only goes to King David, Joseph's genealogy. But Mary's, her little flesh body, is in Luke, I think chapter 3, and it goes all the way back to Adam. Her genealogy does. Because that's what we're dealing with the flesh here. You know, we have to go back to mankind. So he has to be related, first of all. And then second of all, he has to be willing to pay the redemption price. And then third, he has to be able to pay the redemption price. To this point in time, before Jesus came, nobody was able to pay the redemption price. There wasn't a perfect human being who could pay with his life for the rest of us. We were all fallen. So it was going to take a perfect human being, somebody with an earthly body and a perfect spirit, somebody who was already established in God, like the second the second Adam. Okay? It took a redeemer that could come forward who would re- agree to pay the price. That's the story you see with Ruth and Naomi in the book of Ruth. Um, Boaz is a kinsman redeemer. She tells, um, Naomi tells Ruth, she says, Ruth, go to Boaz. He is my closest relative, or he is a relative. He's a rich relative. Go to Boaz. You know, maybe he can at least help us get started with food and things. So Boaz does that, but he recognizes that Naomi has lost a husband, and Ruth has lost a husband. And so he and the land that they have is gone because her husband wasn't there. They were living, you know, outside of, of uh, Israel. So she has nothing. And um, so Boaz goes to the gate of the city and invites all the relatives of Naomi. And he says to them, to one gentleman in particular, but they're all witnesses, you are a closer relative than I. Do you want to redeem Naomi's land and what belongs to her, um, for her husband is dead. Do you want to do that? 
Um, but if you do, you're also going to redeem Ruth, who lost her husband, and you're going to be responsible for giving her the children that her husband couldn't. Well, the guy says, I can't do that without ruining my own redemption. And we talked about that, you know, when we were talking about, gee, if I'm the firstborn or the secondborn and it's going to mess up my inheritance, I can't do that. So um, he says, I can't do that. But Boaz could. So Boaz says, fine, then I have your permission to redeem what was lost. And so he pays the price and redeems both. You know. He also fell in love with Ruth, didn't he? Yes, he did. And Ruth was redeemed because he is the relative that was close enough who could redeem her childlessness. She had no son as an heir for her child. Um, Boaz didn't need that. He, he's a very wealthy man. But, but Ruth needed someone to be able to inherit Naomi's uh, land that was just purchased back for her. So Boaz bought the whole lot stock and barrel. You know, and that's how we get David. But that's uh, the whole picture is right there. If you ever want to read about kinsman redeemer and according to the law, that's how it was done. So, um, um, so then everything that Adam had was lost, completely lost. Now, once um, something is signed over, there's a, a scroll that's written. On one side of the scroll, they list everything that is going over to to the other person, whatever it is. And then on the back of the scroll, there is listed every requirement to get the land back. And it's like, if you buy the land back at 45 years, this is what it will be. If you buy it at, at 35 years, this is what it will be. So all the conditions for getting the property redeemed or getting the people redeemed is listed on the back. Then it is rolled up and sealed in the presence of everybody so that no sneaky person can break the seal and change the deal. Okay? That's, that's it. Well, here we go. Go to Revelations. Um, chapter 5. So, of course, for Adam, on one side, he lost his glorified eternal body. He lost the presence of the Holy Spirit, that divine essence. He lost the blessings of God, the grace of God pouring into his life. He lost the lordship of God, um, that intimate relationship. And he lost dominion over the earth. He lost control of everything, completely lost dominion. And he ended up in slavery. Now he's not, not even a free man. He, he lost his freedom. He's now enslaved, okay, by, by Satan. So that's everything that was lost. And so now it's going to take a second Adam, kinsman redeemer, capable of paying the price. And the price is death. It's a broken flesh body, the shedding of innocent blood, okay. Um, it took three days in hell, and then the whole place blew wide open. Jesus came up out of that grave with the keys of hell and death and destroyed Satan's strongholds. But it took that kind of a redeemer. Well, let's read in Revelations 5 here. 
John now has been raptured. He's the type of the old church, remember? He's the old man. The church is raptured. John's in heaven now, and he sees this scene play out up there. Um, verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book, a scroll, actually, written within and on the backside and sealed with seven seals. So there's the scroll. Everything Adam lost, the cost to get it back. And it's rolled up and sealed. And God is sitting with that deed in his hand. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll, the book, and to loose the seals thereof? Okay. Um, who is worthy to open the book? That book can only be opened after the redemption price is paid. And it has to be opened in front of the person who paid the redemption price, the person who owned the property or sold themselves in the slave area, and the person who made the bargain with them. That's when it would be opened. Okay. So who is worthy to open this scroll? No man in heaven or in earth or under the earth was able to open the book and neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book and neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said to me, Weep not. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. Okay, the root of David. There's the family line. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, there's the family line, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. There's the lamb already slain. Price is paid. Redemption price is paid. Okay. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the scroll, the book, out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them hearts and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Okay, and they celebrated because the Lamb... Um, had received the power and the glory and the authority. Look at verse 12. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive the power and the riches and the wisdom and the strength and the honor and the glory and the blessings. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all um, that are in them heard um, Heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. The power and the glory and the honor was restored. Okay? Because the Redeemer, the kinsman Redeemer, paid that price. Um, so, and we'll just stop right there, I guess. Hey, Sandy, in verse 7, before you leave Revelation. Yeah. Uh, and he came and took the book out of the right hand of him. Who is he and who is him? Okay, he is the Lamb, Jesus. Okay. Took the book out of the hand of the one that was seated on the throne. God. God himself, right. God. Okay. Of him that sat on the throne, right. So Jesus only, sits on the right hand of the Father. Right. Mm -hmm. now, right? Okay. right. Because He was the perfect human. He didn't sin. 
Adam was, if Adam would not have sinned, would he be sitting on the right hand of the Father? Yes. And because you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're no longer in your lifeline, you're in His lifeline, you are seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. That's Ephesians chapter 2. Yeah. If Adam would have sinned, he'd have been there. Right. And um, I'm not sure how that was dealt with, but I know that he Jesus went into hell and he took all those that were in the upper regions of hell. This is in Peter and in Jude. Took the, those people who were in the upper regions of hell, Abraham's bosom. Paradise. Paradise, yeah. And took them into heaven. Um, so Adam could very well have been in paradise because he did turn out to be uh, a man of faith. You know, he did offer sacrifices. He taught his sons how to do that, although... Um, Cain didn't do it very well, but a lot of his other descendants did, and he taught them how to do it. So um, it could be that he, by faith, was in um, paradise anyway, because Jesus really was crucified from the foundations of the world. So I have a feeling that's where Adam is. But um, he got there still through Jesus, who was crucified from the foundations of the world. Right. Exactly right. God took care of it all. You know, He has it. But it's all legal. It's all according to the law. Everything lines up. And, um... That's amazing that Kinsman Redeemer there in Revelation. Yeah. yeah. It is, isn't it? Gosh, it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. And now, we are on the cusp. We're right at the end of the sixth millennium and right on the beginning of the seventh millennium. Somewhere in that area. That's our timeline. That's where we are. So we're about to hit um, the Shemitah, the 7,000th millennium, the seventh millennium. At the beginning of the seventh year is when Christ comes to reign? Yes, yes. And he reigns for a thousand years. Right. So we're right there. History has it, you know. So we're right on the cusp of that, the end of the 6,000th millennium and the beginning of the 7th. That's where we are. So it's amazing, isn't it? The, ra- the rapture and... All that has to happen. Seven years, that all happens before the 7th millennium. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, and whether that year is a suspension of time or not, I don't know. Some think that that seven seven-year period of, of judgment is like a suspended time frame, but others say, no, it's, and I sort of go along with this, that it's actually, um, Israel was given 70 weeks of years from the time that Jerusalem was rebuilt, from the time the city was rebuilt until, um, until the end of time. They were given 70 weeks of years to... Um, uh, to, to do what God had called them to do. Well, at the death of the cross, that was 69 weeks of years for the Jewish people. They still have one week of years left to evangelize the world. And they believe, you know, that it's going to be during that seven-year judgment period when the 144,000 then have a whole week of years there, seven years, to evangelize the rest of the world, those that weren't raptured. And... Um, they think that's their last week of years. I was just reading something um, this week about Trump. You know, another significance of him recognizing Jerusalem as the capital city 
all of the prophecy in Daniel now has been fulfilled right up to the rapture. Right. This pastor was saying every That's right. bit every bit of it has of been. Daniel's yeah. prophecy has now been fulfilled. fulfilled. Yep. So, so another chill bump significance to yeah. what happened last week. Yeah. A lot of big things, you know, and and um, just Jeremiah, you're so young, and you think. I ain't just gotten started here. Dusty and I had this conversation. You go, man, people are starting to talk about Jesus coming. I didn't even get started. But um, this is what I told Dusty, and I'll tell you, because the rest of us are just, we're going, oh, come on, whenever. <laughs> you know, and Jeremiah's going, whoa, it's back the train up here. I know, I can see it in your eyes. Yeah, well, this is what I told Dusty. He is coming in one ten thousandth of a second. In one ten thousandth of a second, you'll suddenly go, what was I hanging around here for? It'll take that long. And then you'll go, oh my gosh, because you're not done. We, we just get a seven-year vacation, really nice vacation. And then we're coming back. And now we're going to rule and reign everywhere. We're going to have positions of leadership and power. And it's just you're going to do it with a, a super body. You're going to have one like Jesus had, light body. You can walk through walls. You can be here and be there, like beam me up, Scotty. You know, you can, it's going to be fabulous, but it's not over. It's just a new beginning. So don't get sweaty about it, whatever happens. <laughs> one ten thousandth of a second, boom. You're going to go, why was I ever worried about that? You know, it's good. It's all good. Do you have a choice when the rapture comes? Uh, you're on the rapture list to go. You're on the rapture list to go. Do you have a choice? Mm -mm. You nope. Have a major choice. Nope. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're gone. If you're not, you're here. Yeah. And who would want to be here? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's going to be hell on earth. Nobody wants to be well, here. Well, you look, you look, you know, if you have kids and you have a wife and you have parents mm. and you have things that you're concerned about. You know, you might think, well, okay, yeah. I can get, I can handle this yeah, for but, a while. But you know but what? You, do, you don't have a choice. You're Jesus, going. that's right. Jesus says, mm -mm. you don't, you give up. Mm. No, he says, you know, you hate everything in the world. And this is how he says it. He says, you hate them and, and love me, period. But the hatred is not meant, it's just meant to be um, hyperbole to tell you that the difference in what you feel about living God should be so different from even what you feel about your family. It's not going to matter. You're going, you know. And um, you just be sure you've had them all covered, and then it's in God's hands. But after that, one ten thousandth of a second, you won't. You'll go, you know. Yeah. You don't get a choice, and you wouldn't want to stay. Believe me, you wouldn't. From what I've read, no. No, it's, it's no. horrific. And it's you don't want to be part of the however many that comes back to try to convert. Right and yeah, well, that's the hundred and forty-four thousand. They're going to be killed. They're going to be suffering. Well, no, what? no, the hundred forty-four thousand will not be. They will be marked They're with sealed. a with a seal. Nobody can touch them, and it's it's twelve thousand from each of the twelve tribes of Jew, of Israel, and they will evangelize the world, and no one can touch them. Okay. But halfway through, they'll just be gone. They'll be taken up. And then everybody that's left, any that have been evangelized, anybody that's there, is going to be herded into a safe place in the desert while the last three and a half years happen, and God's supernaturally going to take care of them. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the earth's just going to be utterly decimated. 
Well, and you think about it, all the Christians will have been raptured. Yeah. Like, what is going to hold back the evil? Nothing. So the That's right. And that's Thessalonians. All of the light will have been That's right. Out. As long as the Christians are here in body, there's no one to hold back the evil one. But when the body of Christ is lifted out, and the Holy Spirit will still be here, because people will be um, evangelized after the rapture. But the body, the physical body of Christ that was in the earth that said, stop, you're not going any further, will be gone. Him that resists, yeah, that restrains, will be taken. Mm -hmm. I think what Mark, the 144,000 who do the evangelizing, why weren't they raptured? Because they are uh, the Jewish people who were not part of the body of Christ. They weren't Messianic Jews. Not Messianic Jews, right. Right. Messianic Jews will be raptured. But after it's over, they're going to realize and God's going to call 144,000 of them. Um, the Jehovah's Witness and the, the, the uh, not the Jehovah's Witness, no, the, the uh, Latter-day Saints believe that there are only going to be 144,000 that go to heaven. I'm going, are you kidding? None of the rest of Scripture makes any sense with that, but that's what they believe. But it isn't true. You know, but the whole church is going to be raptured out. So those hundred and forty-four thousand are all Jewish, which yes. makes sense because they yes. just come from the twelve. Twelve thousand from the twelve from each tribe, and they'll all be marked with a supernatural mark, so that nothing can touch them or hurt them. And they'll evangelize to for three and a half years. Right. For three and a half years, they'll evangelize the world. Yep. Yeah. When you say the whole church will be raptured, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who sit in the church on Sunday that assume. That, that everyone in the church will be raptured. No. It's no. And that's what Jesus says. I never knew you. Just, you know, depart from me. Because I didn't know there's such an urgency. Yeah. And people go, well, wait a minute. I, 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 you know, I did miracles. I, I did a lot of things in your name. And it's going to go too bad. Well, or even, even less than that. I'm, I'm a good person. Yeah. And God is good, so therefore I'll go to heaven. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, no, and that's not, that's not true. Oh, that's no. not, yeah. When the church gets raptured, there's going to be a, a big lack of people on the earth. Yes, there is. <laughs> now, the people who are left on the earth, aren't they going to see this? Aren't they going to understand? Deception. Hey, Mary's, a, Mary's not there anymore. She, yeah. was just, she was just sitting there yeah. 10,000 some seconds ago and now she's gone. Yeah, they'll see it and um, well, they'll rash a lot of them will rash. Some of them will fall on their knees and go, oh my gosh I've missed it. So a lot of people will come to the Lord in that first three and a half years realizing what happened. A lot of them will. But there are going to be those hard-nosed people that wouldn't Give up. It says the, it's going to be so horrific on the earth that people will know that God is punishing and cry out to the mountains to fall on them. They still won't cry out for God to save them, but they will cry out for the mountains to fall on them. There, they won't. There's some that won't come Look no at matter Pharaoh's where. Pharaoh's heart. He yeah. saw the oh, most incredible things, miracles. Yeah. He had a front row seat, and his heart got hardened with every miracle. Yeah. So I guess it's that same heart. It's human nature. Hearts. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. It's human Plus, nature. Satan will still be the prince of this war. I mean, the Antichrist yeah. will be here. They'll, that's right. they'll be performing miracles. Yeah. And, yes. Right? Yes. So it's yes. a counterculture. Yes. And it's getting easier because now we've got the, the one world government. 
one world religion. Everybody believes in the same God. We're all the same. Right. We're all good people. Like right? Control information. South Korea or yeah. North Korea. Yeah. You know, the people probably mm -hmm. won't see. Sure. Right. It won't be the kind of communi mm -hmm. communication we're used to. Right. No, and and it's all the technology is here for it now. Um, the chips, you know, they're talking about putting the six 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 in your hand or your four. The chips are here. That's been here. There are now companies, big corporations. I don't know if you've seen it, who are insisting that their people get the mark in their hand or on their, you know, so that they can buy and sell within the company. And um, I mean, you know, it's all here. It's all in place. Everything that was foretold six thousand years ago, you know, it's all here, which just blows your mind, doesn't it? You know, when you think about how that is. But um, yeah, um, um, it's all in place. You know, everything is evangelizing the world, but but the world. Um, we have that. You know, we've got internet, we've got radio, TV, missionaries out there, but we've got, you know, the whole planet is covered with um, the Word of God now. It's just, it's everywhere. So um, people are, are going to be without excuse. They are going to be without excuse. So, yeah, but it's, it's an interesting time to be alive. You know, it's kind of exciting when you think about it. You go, well, would I rather just get old and die in my bed? Or would I rather go like, I think I just want to go one time just to see what it's like, you know? <laughs> I think it'll only be one time. Yeah. <laughs> and I just keep praying that our pets go with us. Yeah, you know, God I will think take about care. little Jackie. Yeah, I know. God will take care of them. He, he will. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What I we know. think is important may not be important. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be. That's the only it way won't. I can look at this yeah. and make sense no. out of it. We're going to be on the other side of material, of the, of the material. It, it, everything is going to be completely different. When you're completely in the presence of the living God, what is there? You know? Yeah, what I wonder about there? what's my purpose then? I mean, I know what my purpose is now. Oh, you'll have I a purpose. I know what I'm good at. I don't know what my purpose right. is. But that purpose. No, you'll be ruling nothing. and reigning somewhere. Nothing. Right, you'll be ruling and reigning somewhere, governing. That's what. That's our purpose. Because the world's going on; it isn't going to stop. Can you govern? Can I govern? I. I can. In the power I of the Holy Spirit, you can. You'll be. And but see, this is what we know. This is what we need to know. This is what we need to know. And what I believe is, for seven years, we're going to have our education filled in. The gaps will be filled in. You know, we'll have everything we need to do whatever God's called us to do. But we don't stop. I mean, it's just going to be a new life. It'll just be Jesus different. Jesus is reigning, right? There right. Right. There'll be it's a thousand years when we'll be ruling and reigning with Jesus on the earth. And you'll have a job. Believe me, you'll have a job. And then and after the thousand busy. years? Then after the thousand years, God will come down. And then I don't know what the plan is. But who knows? God's got it. You know, it's... <laughs> It's an eternal plan. We're never, you know, we're never going to die. But, but this is the thing. We're never going to just, we're not angels. And we're never going to be angels. And we're never going to sit on a cloud and pluck a violin or whatever. We're, we, are, we are the child of God. We are in Christ Jesus. We are second in command in, in all of creation, in everything. And um, so we're going to have a real exciting, fabulous life you know but everything you do here is preparation for that paul said that
Yeah, he said all the junk. Yeah, the junk. Locations here are Mm -hmm. relevant to there. They may be whatever you were created. You know, however you were created, whatever you, you know, whatever's in your makeup in the neshama part of you. I'm sure it's there for a purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, you may be working with farmers somewhere, Tom. You don't know because we're not going to have sickness in the earth. That's not going to happen. Um, Daniel says it like this. If you die at a hundred, then we'll know you're a sinner. <laughs> and a hundred year old person will be like a newborn child. That's the way, that's the way it's gonna be. We're all, the death is gonna be, is, it'll all still be in the earth, but it'll be in cessation. It'll be resting. So we're gonna live, you know, people who are on the earth just, that didn't get raptured, and there'll be some left. At the end of uh, the, at the end of Revelations, at the end of that seven-year period, there will be a whole bunch of people left because they've been herded into the desert supernaturally and protected by God, and um, they'll be they'll be set loose to you know rebuild and replenish, and Jesus is going to reign, and you know so there will be people, lots of them. Who won't have glorified bodies. No, they won't have glorified bodies. They'll just have regular bodies. They'll be in in the flesh. Yes, yes. But Jesus is on the throne. Satan Satan is in the pit. Yeah. He's bound in the pit. So the curse is virtually dead. You know, virtually dead. And, um, you know, Jesus will fully expect us to be like Adam and, you know, live 997 years or like Methuselah. And live a thousand years. Well, you live forever because you never get Well, die. you and I are. I'm just talking about the yeah. flesh people that are still in the earth. Okay. Yeah. Those that will come out of protection where God has put them. Um, Petra, or Petra is what a lot of prophets are saying is the place. That, because it is. it does answer all the descriptions of, of uh, a place in the desert where people can go. You'll, they'll flee between the mountains of Israel and um, the mountain's going to split, and they'll go between the mountains and head right to Petra. That's what they believe. And then they talk about the the enemy sending a flood to wash them away. But Petra is so supernaturally built that it has this system of of canals and, and cisterns and all that kind of thing. So that when the desert would flood in in those days, the city never flooded in the middle of the desert. Right, it never flooded. And um, so they're thinking that that's where they're going, but. You know, it's, it'll be interesting, but um, don't worry about it, Jeremiah. It's gonna be. It's all good. It's all good. So yeah, I I, I had to tell Dusty that too. He's going, Mom, this is making me nervous. <laughs> I'm going, yeah, well, you know, just be sure you're going. That's all I'm saying. Just be sure you get on the boat, and because um, you sure as heck don't want to be here. If that's your alternative, it's it's a good one. So. Yeah, spend seven years in heaven and then come back. But you'll have a job. And whatever you were designed and created to do, whatever's in you and your nature, God's going to use that. And you'll rule and reign and we'll all have we'll have work to do. We're not, you know, we won't ever be idle. You'll never have to worry about being unemployed again, ever. <laughs> Guaranteed. If you call that heaven, I'm not sure I do, but... <laughs> You know, I kind of like retirement. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Lord. You yeah. So, mm-hmm. Well, guys, let me just pray for you here and, and um, um, 
I just hope you have a Merry Christmas bless and a real Happy New Year. And um, I'm going to miss you for three weeks. Oh my gosh. Because we, this week and then all next week and then it'll be one more week before we get back together. So, but it's all right. It's all good. Oh my goodness. Father, we just give you praise and thanks for all that you are and all that you do for us, Lord. We um, we just recognize that you're the source of everything, everything for us. And um, Father, I just speak blessings over everybody here, Lord, that you bless them in their going out and bless them in their coming in, bless them in their lying down and their rising up, bless them in their um, children and their children's children, their baskets and their stores, prosper them in the things that they set their hands to, Father. Put the angels around all of us and keep us safe. Um, no evil can overtake us, Lord. Thank you because you have commanded your angels to protect us wherever we go. And Lord, I just thank you that you're going to bring us back together, one, whole and sound, and um, having celebrated a glorious holiday. And Jesus, we give you all the glory and we thank you for it. Amen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.